All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding the blue line, jam, stop! And it's 9 o'clock on a Saturday night as you're lining up for a ginger ale. Way to go, gang. And the zone, Sikora picks it up, got it back near side, Korea. Korea, the fans want one. Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to season four, episode 24 of the Daily Face Off podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me live is Dylan D. Berthiam. How's it going, D? Doing good. Feeling good to be here on a very Matt Stairs edition of the Daily Face Off podcast. 2-4. <laughs> and Beebs Bondy, not actually live for the first time in quite a long time, but uh, Beebs, how are you feeling? I'm good. Um, I am live time-wise, but I'm not live as in there. Um, doing it from my bed tonight. Uh, had 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 a long day, so just had to come home and you know get all cozy. I was hooping, so um, you know, doing good, doing good. Just really tired. Glad to hear. Uh, the Matt Stairs comment reminded me of that one time we played a softball tournament. And what were we called? The son of Matt Stairs. Sons, Sons of, of Matt. Matt Sons Stairs. of Matt Stairs. Yes. All just yeah. rocking twenty four on the back of the jerseys. An absolute that was force. We, we got were, mercied in every game, but we were a force. 
No, we, we did get mercy to every game, but it was pretty close. Pretty close to a mercy. We had about, what, five guys only that had ever played baseball before. It was a, it was a bad decision altogether. Yeah, I t- took my first hacks with a bat that weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about a bat. You look like it. Look like Not it, bad. Peeps. Absolute speed demon on the paths. The best was just when the ump looked at you. He's like, "Man, like there's no bunting in softball." <laughs> he's like, "I'm not. I'm swinging as hard as I can." Yeah, for with- like all the hockey I've played, I have never touched a baseball bat. I am so bad with one. Um, but you were swinging on, my- on like a downward angle, like you were going oh, 45 degrees just down. Ridiculous what I was doing. Yeah. Oh yeah. But since um i spent a summer living alone and i just honestly worked on my on my cuts in the kitchen while i was cooking and stuff so, no so uh way. i got a decent swing now there's i feel like no i can way. get one out of the infield there's no I way you definitely get one out of the oh yeah, oh, yeah. In i've put on like dude. 20 pounds since i'm ready to go i'm ready to get one out of the infield well it's not even like you were small to begin with i mean big buys and just absolutely no oh, bad, yeah. bad head speed whatsoever <laughs> great um i had great like eye chalk on though so i kind of looked like i knew what i was doing until i picked that bat up but <laughs> yeah that was a dead yeah. giveaway <laughs> yeah, yeah. should have just stood there and took in the walk got on base though so you know it's uh <laughs> they don't ask people how. don't people don't forget people but, don't forget all right enough baseball talk we spent that's my uh, baseball career though yeah we spent two minutes and 20 seconds, which is two minutes and 20 seconds too long on baseball. Um, trade deadline's coming up, obviously. We've already seen a little bit of trade action uh, in the last couple days. Uh, most yep. prominently yesterday, Charlie Coyle got shipped to the Boston Bruins for Ryan Donato and a 2019 fifth-round pick. Uh, yep. Just a little bit back here. Uh, Charlie Coyle, 26 years old. Uh, he was actually born just outside of Boston. Uh, and also attended Boston University, University sorry, uh, for two seasons before heading to the QMJHL. Uh, uh, First-round pick in 2010, 242 points, 479 games since then with the Wild. Uh, a guy that I think they expect to be uh, mostly their third-line center. I think that's the whole um, the reason they made this trade. Uh, I think he's also a guy that could see some playing time potentially on the wing with David Krejci in the future, yeah. uh, especially maybe you know right now when Pasternak's out, uh, they're a little bit thin on the right side. But uh, everything that the Bruins said today points towards uh, Coyle being their third-line center. They sent Trent Frederick down today, uh, opening up a spot for Coyle to play there uh, their next game. So, um, so far this season, 10 goals, 18 assists, 28 points in 60 games for Coyle. Uh, he's become more of a playmaker than a goal scorer uh kind of always has been that style but i mean for a guy six foot three 221 pounds he's you know pretty good skater big, big rig uh good hands too uh i like the addition for the bruins but i think it's actually a really good trade uh for the wild as well uh ryan donato pretty highly touted prospect i mean who knows who the bruins could have got for him in the preseason i mean he came in uh you know with a lot of hype after having a great i think it was a 12 game stint with the uh, with the Bruins last year, nine points in twelve games. Yep. Uh, played three yep. games in the in the playoffs as well, um, and then gets traded to the Wild. Starts on the third line tonight with uh, Erickson Eck and Luke Coonan. Average age of twenty one point six on that line. Uh, J E. Couple twenty two year olds and a twenty one year old, and uh, Donato had two assists tonight. So uh, maybe it was just a you know best game of the year. Yeah, so far. I mean, uh, Donato is a guy who seems maybe like a fringe top nine guy, but. Uh, obviously has his skills. He was a pretty highly touted prospect. Somebody that could work out for uh, the Wild D. What do you think about this one? Uh, yeah, it's just not a lot to play with at the bottom of the Bruins lineup either. Like, obviously, that's the need they're trying to address. 
uh, with this trade and potentially a few others in the coming days. Um, but I, I think it kind of works out on both ends. I, I, I get it for both teams. I was surprised they had to throw a pick in too. Uh, I guess it's just more for the optics of it than everything, anything else. Uh, but I, I still like Coyle. You know, I think, again, he's probably like a fringe top six, top nine guy. But I think the versatility is huge. He's proven to be just as effective down the middle as he is on the wing. Uh, and I don't know where it's really going to shake up because I, I like Peter Solark there on the wing with Krejci mm-hmm. and DeBrusque when they're all healthy. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Dan Nine and two because he's played really well on the top line. And, you know, kind of like Donato is kind of shown to struggle a little bit when moving down to the bottom of the lineup. Again, not surprising considering the lack of depth the Bruins have there. Uh, but I, I think it just goes to show Heinen and maybe like Donato more complimentary pieces than anything else. Uh, which, again, with a guy like Coyle, maybe he doesn't have as much upside as Donato. But uh, just being able to play center, uh, he's proven to be able to carry a line and even strength anyway on his own. And I, I think it will probably benefit both teams in the end. Should help David back a little bit too. Uh Twilight of his career, not not the player he used to be, but uh, I, I big, still think he's fine. Head, he's just yeah, they're just overusing him right now. Yeah. Like there's no reason for him to be paying, playing any more than 12 minutes a night. Uh, I, I think you know he's still set to dominate other fourth lines, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's proven to still be a, a decent power play net front presence as well. So there's still some value there. Uh, but yeah, I, I think at this point. Uh, it, you know, it's hard to just write off guys that you spend money to bring in. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you just kind of take what you can get from backs at this point. He's still valuable and serviceable to have on the roster, but I wouldn't be, you know, making acquisitions in order to try to get no, him going. Because I think it'll be... But no. you pair you pair him with Charlie Coyle and you got a pretty heavy uh, third slash yeah. fourth line. They yeah. kinda, they shit. I don't love it though, to be honest. No. Like, I, I know a lot of not people like to get hung up on Bruins hockey, but that's really not the way they've won the last few seasons. They do have their bruisers, but it's mostly the speed and the skill um, that really carries the Bruins. Obviously, the Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak line is the prime example of that. Uh, and I just think Coyle needs more speed on his line. I, I, I think the last thing he needs is, is to be, back Yeah, is... like he doesn't need to be the fastest or the second <laughs> fastest guy on his line. You know what I mean? He needs some speed on his wing. And uh, David Backus isn't that. I Just leave Backus on the fourth line, and you should get some half-decent production from him out, of, uh, out, out of him from there. Beebs, yeah, you got anything and- to add? Brock kind of brought it up. I don't think they're done um, making deals yet. So I think just this is the first domino to fall. Um, seems like Boston's all in this year. Big body to bring in. I, I like the deal for both teams. Um, you know, it's just one of those deals that just looks good either way. It just makes sense. Um, Donato, I mean, I would love to see him go out in Minnesota and actually do great out there because they need something, especially after losing Nino and Charlie Coyle. Those are two pretty big players on that team so Miku uh Koivu, yeah, yeah, Koivu just to injury I mean yeah that's that he's gonna be gone for a while um yeah no I, I like this trade a lot for Boston they're, they just makes their top nine that much stronger um they know what they're going against they're gonna have to run into Tampa at some point if they want to get to the finals they're gonna have to run in the Leafs most likely um yeah I like it I like it for them if they but, can um, even get yeah, there at this point they might uh ex- might oh, looking exactly. at Tampa or, or uh I guess the Islanders Trump. in the first round so the Islanders probably yeah, a decent exactly. draw there but terrifying teams yeah but um but i do like the size of coil i think that they're that he's a better player than 28 points in 60 games it seems like things were kind of getting stale in minnesota they've been having a rough season out there and uh change of scenery could be really good for this guy uh from a fantasy perspective you guys probably had no interest here really i mean coil third line at nah. this point you know 10 percent really not a lot of not a lot of upside there on that uh you know being buried in the roster donato kind of the same goes for him i think he's yeah. somebody to maybe keep an eye on in in, in deep keeper leagues or just deep leagues uh i mean decent showing tonight who knows how long that'll last uh you know aaron eric snack and uh Koonin both pretty 
skilled and highly touted prospects as well. So you never know. Maybe that line clicks a little bit. But uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe mostly, it becomes uh, the Strom the, to Brinkat line. Who knows? Yeah, mostly just the deepest of leagues here. We're, we're looking at these guys. Uh, no real interest uh, from any of us. Um, but let's look at some trades that haven't happened oh, yet. Oh, you don't want to talk about Carl Hagelin? Hey, no, do you want to talk about the Hagelin deal? Come on. Uh, no. I got some stats. Fourth time <laughs> in his eight-year career that Hagelin's been traded. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he's never taught more than 39 points in his career. Uh, very fast. But continues to be overvalued by all NHL teams. Well, yeah, he is very fast, and that's probably why. Stone yeah, hands. Very fast. Stone hands. Good penalty killer. Absolutely uh, stone hands. That's the real I don't even think he's going to crack the top nine. If anything, it's going to just take nope. more ice time away from Burakovsky, and maybe he'll slide I think they should have kept Smith on the Miller. third line there. I, I like Aglin. Uh Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's what's happening there. I think that's just a, a, a pure move to... Just a depth move. To help their yeah. penalty kill. Uh, I think their bottom... Uh, third in the NHL in terms of penalty kills so far this season. So adding a guy uh, with like Hagelin helps the PK. Obviously, adding speed never hurts either. Yeah. Um, and then I saw I could shore up the defense for the third line too because that that other line does surrender a ton of scoring mm-hmm. chances. Even trick. they create a decent amount of offense, but uh, definitely get outchanced. I saw a tweet today, yeah. and I, I, the numbers uh, aren't right in front of me, but it was something like the. Uh, the, the Capitals have seen Hagelin in the playoffs, like in like 2002, 2004, 2006, 2008. Yeah, what about it? Like they've seen him, they've seen him a bunch. Um, so maybe you know, playing against them, they realized, uh, you know, just how effective he he, he can be. Can't uh, beat him, in, join him in, in a penalty killing role. Exactly, T- same type of mentality. Uh, they did beat him last year. Though. No, they do. They, <laughs> they do. They do beat him, obviously. But obviously, kind of like the op- the same feeling, but like yeah, in, in, a, in a weird sense. You so kind of get he a, beats you, grab him because he's good. Yeah, but he's you not. Kind, you kind of get a first hand look at him uh, for many years, and maybe somebody that they thought yeah. about targeting. But... I was surprised it took. Uh, you know, like the price seemed a little high. That, not that I'm ever worried yeah. about trading a third. I love stipulations though. Uh, stipulations on that pick where it's like yeah. if, if he plays half the amount of playoff games in the first three series um, or if he plays like a series where it's something like yeah, that. Yeah, it had all to do uh, with like the Capitals' progress in the playoffs, which I thought yeah. was funny that just like that Carl they use going like, to be the defined point of <laughs> pushing them around. If you for that. They go I mean, three rounds. Like, NHL, right? But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. A pretty insignificant move. So sorry I sidetracked you, Brock. No, it's okay. I mean, if you want to really get into insignificant moves, we can talk about how Sam Gagne is back in Edmonton for Ryan Spooner. That nope. might not be nope. that insignificant, considering oh, that Gagne are... played 19 minutes. Oh, he's their best winger last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Kidding. And he put up a nine spot a couple years ago. But why is he playing like, on, so. like, why is it just because Edmonton asked nicely? Because he was in Toronto to be closer with his family. Like, he was with Vancouver, the organization, but well, he's playing think, on loan with the Toronto Marlins. I think, like, he wants an opportunity to play in the NHL. I mean, whenever you're getting that NHL money... But he was playing in Vancouver, no, too, No, right? he, he was. But then when he got sent <laughs> down, he requested down, right? to play in Toronto. Like, if he's going to play in the NHL, he want, or AHL, sorry, he wanted to play in Toronto. So that's why he was with the Marlies. But if he's playing in the NHL, I think he doesn't care where he is as long as he's playing in the, in the, you know, in the show. Gotcha. Um, but... Anyways, and he has not, some roots in Edmonton, I'm sure, from previous, uh, yeah, previous, previous seemed, time there. Seemed pretty happy to be going back, so that's always uh, good. But let's start talking about uh, trades that haven't happened yet, but are uh, almost sure to happen. Uh, I was a little bit nervous even uh, recording this podcast tonight because I'm super nervous that half of these are going to go down tonight. <laughs> uh, while we're recording this, I'm just going to have to bail and, uh, and, and start breaking trades. So um, we do this every year. Uh, we are not Bob McKenzie. We are not Pierre LeBron. But nope. uh, we have some knowledge. We know who these players are. Uh, and 
by doing some research, you can find out teams that are interested in them and where they might be headed. So uh, we're going to break down just by looking at TSN's uh, trade bait board here. We've got uh, the top 15 names. Might go a little bit deeper, depending on uh, time permitting here. So we're going to talk about the top 15 guys, at least to start. Uh, kind of like what they bring to the table, teams that have been rumored to be interested in, uh, in them. Uh, and if they do go to, you know, kind of who we think they're going to get traded to and where they might uh, fit into that lineup. Uh, obviously, none of this is concrete, but I mean, we're not saying that Matthew Shane's going to go to Detroit. So there's obviously some <laughs> some realism here, some some things that could actually end up happening because these are teams to be nope. rumored to be very interested in these players. So uh, obviously, everyone's going to the Avalanche. We, we are going to start at the top with Matt Duchesne, uh somebody who's probably not going back to the Avalanche. Uh, <laughs> although I, I, that would be so good. Although day. I'm sure uh, the the Senators wish they could have a redo on this because this fire they'd probably sale. trade him for the pick straight up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, this Brock, tra- I've been saying, can you imagine he makes it back out into the market and he resigns with Colorado? Like after all of that, so. It, this was all a plan the whole time. They get three, like all, they get that first round pick. Like Duchesne was like, "I love you guys, but we're not gonna be good unless we totally, totally pull this con off." And I think, I think it might happen. So what did they get out of it though? Like they got Samuel Gerard. Like that's why Duchesne was so down for this whole scheme. No, they get Jack. Well, potentially Jack Hughes. Um, oh, like he goes back there without the pick going back the other way. And this oh, like, oh, this yeah, no, like no, they don't trade for him. Like in the in the off season, he they don't trade for him in the off season. He just resigns back with Colorado. Got you. I got you. Uh, I got you. That's what I mean. Sorry, should have stressed that. Yeah, no, they're not <laughs> trading for him. Screw that. That'd be no, none of that. I'm sure if they even called, he'd be like, "Yeah, we're gonna need your whole first line." Uh, just to justify that first trade. Sorry, Brock. Get <laughs> no, you going again. Well, right now, it's not that bad. That's like, what, McKinnon, Andrew Ghetto, and Kerfoot? Yeah. So to- <laughs> Pull the trigger. Yeah. Hey, it's not bad at all. <laughs> so, Matt Duchesne, uh, 27 goals, 31 assists, 58 points in 50 games this year. Uh, he's actually had a really good year. You know, the Senators, oh. for as bad as they are, uh, in terms of where they are in the standings, they have had... Are shown the ability to put the puck in the back of the net this year. They've been yeah. they played some pretty high event hockey. Um, but Duchesne, six million dollar cap hit, uh, free agent at the end of the year. A lot of teams rumored to be interested in him. It's almost a guarantee that he's going to be traded. He was scratched tonight uh, just to make sure that he doesn't get hurt. Sure, uh, among others in Ottawa, who we will get to a little bit later. But Duchesne, uh, D, we'll start with you. Uh, obviously, a guy who teams in need of, you know, a second-line center uh, would want to add right now. Somebody that could come in. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, uh, maybe last week actually, that it would be a nice fit in Winnipeg to put him next to Patrick Line. Line could use somebody like that to play with. Uh, yeah. Opposed to playing with Brian Little. Uh, who are you looking at uh, Duchesne going to? Yeah, I think Winnipeg makes a lot of sense. Like, uh, they're very clearly in the market for a second-line center. They, uh, you know, went out and told us point blank last season that they weren't, uh, you know, okay with Brian Little as their second line center mm-hmm. for a Stanley Cup run, and that's why they went out and got Paul Stastny. And I, I really do think they're very keen on adding a similar player this year. Duchesne, obviously, a little, probably a little bit more value than Paul Stastny at this point. Uh, and then, you know, I, there's a few other guys I think who are pretty obvious fits as well. Whether or not they can make that happen, I, I don't know. Duchesne seems a little bit unlikely at this point. Uh, although they were involved in some pretty lengthy talks the other day, face-to-face talks, it was reported, Pierre Dorian and mm-hmm. Dayoff, I th- believe, right? Um, so that was interesting. Nothing really came of it, at least yet. I-, I do think wherever he goes, you know, Duchesne, 
he obviously brings a lot of offense with him, but the defense when it has always been suspect. Um, that's why he kind of bounced back and forth between the wing and center for so long. Uh, so I, I think there are, are a few spots where it makes a lot of sense. You know, Winnipeg's got a strong blue line, and the, and they do really need that burst of secondary scoring. So he kind of fits in nicely there. And then the other one is Nashville. I, I just think it makes too much sense not to happen. It's all we're hearing about these days, too. Uh, but, it, you know, if you want to consider a team that really just needs a boost and, you know, uh, almost in just cranking up the pace of play and driving more scoring chances, um, Duchesne can obviously do that. And you can kind of write off his defensive liabilities when you have a blue line as deep and as mm-hmm. strong as Nashville's is. Uh, it's just really yeah. an a- extra added layer of insurance um, that, you know, Duchesne's kind of proven when he does have that behind him, the sky's the limit. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I do think that's you know the best spot for him. I, I think it makes the most sense. It would obviously be amazing for Nashville. Um, it's kind of crazy that you know the top nine is just very underwhelming when you look at the Predators and they've just been able to sustain this success based off the blue line. Obviously, some strong goaltending as well, and then that first line uh, leading the way. Uh, the second through fourth lines are by no means bad, but it's, when you look at the other Cup contending teams right now and the production they're getting out of the second line, it's not even close. Uh, so I just think Duchesne would be so huge for them, and it makes sense uh, on so many levels. It'll be interesting to see whether or not it actually comes together. It really sounds like they are, uh, you know, in the lead, in the running, I guess, leading the running to, to land Duchesne right now. Uh, but we'll see how it all plays out. The one thing about Nashville is Kyle Turris has really had a tough year, uh, since, especially yeah. since coming back from injury. And Well, yeah, he just probably hasn't got a chance mm-hmm. to get his legs. Get going, yeah. yeah. So putting Duchesne there, though, in the second-line center spot, uh, you know, you move Turris down, you move Benito to the fourth line, yeah. and then you got Johansson, Duchesne, Turris, Benito. That's a real deep. Yeah, uh, I, I think Benito, they're just leaning on Benino a little bit too much mm-hmm. right now. It's almost like a a two A two B with him and Turris right now, right? Yeah. In terms of how they're uh, dueling out the ice time. So, uh, but when you drop him down to the fourth line, like he's an ideal fourth line center, and obviously could slide up to the third line in a more Super reserved good. role if uh, need be, if Terrace, you know, suffers another injury. But, yeah, I agree. I, I just think it strengthens their lineup so much. The one thing that the Predators really have going for them in their pursuit uh, for Duchesne is that it does sound like they are willing, surprisingly, to, to part with uh, Ely Tolvanen, who came into yep. the year as their top prospect, uh, one of the top prospects in the NHL. Had a bit of a tough season, but yeah. remains a, a highly regarded prospect. Uh, that would be a big win uh, for the Senators if they're able to – to you know, get Tolvin in and in a Duchesne trade. Uh, yeah, but it, again, if the it's, I'm not totally surprised to see just with how Tolvin has struggled this year. If the yeah. Predators are maybe looking to cash in, well, they still can. Yeah, and that that's a thing. But I mean, it would still be a nice addition for the uh, for the Senators. And yeah. then from you look at a Jets perspective, uh, there's a lot of talk about uh, Jack Roslovich, another Roslovich. guy who's a, a bit of a top uh, prospect. He's rumored to be potentially available uh, if the you know the Jets go out and try to score mm-hmm. a Matt Duchesne or an Artemi Panarin. Uh, Beebs, what uh, what do you have to say about Duchesne? I know you've got a little bit more uh, history uh, in watching Duchesne and uh, his many years in Colorado. I honestly, uh, you, you touched it all. I was going to talk about the pieces that could go for him, and I thought Nashville, um, obviously, them dangling, um, as you mentioned, Tolvanen out there, that's definitely a piece I could see going because they did mention they want to pick a prospect and someone who could play now. Um, and they might just take out the prospect and someone who could play now for Tolvanen in a pick. So I could see that happening. But again, um, I think Winnipeg's going to make a strong push. It's, I don't think they want to. They, they, they seem to do it every year, so why not again? Um 
for me, Duchesne, like D said, he's he's an absolute weapon on offense, but he's he's a defensive liability. Um, but it, so that's why I I like him going to Nashville. And again, like D said, it's because of the the defense there being able to to help him out. So I, I won't keep barking up any trees. Uh, you guys hit most of it, but I I think this guy's gone. Um, I'm a little worried though. He has gone to teams and hurt them before. Um, so let's hope uh, let's hope he can not impact anything too badly um even even the islanders i could see on a long long stretch him ending they up there really, but i don't think they, they want to really break up want. any of that chemistry i know um and it would be kind of cool and i mean why not go for it at this point they look phenomenal but i don't think they should break up their team chemistry if anything um it just seems so with funny a guy to, like that to me like we're sitting here talking about how he's a bit of a defensive liability and we're talking about now the team that literally uh, you know, just, he's giving up the least goals against in the NHL this year. Maybe they don't want to break up that part, but they do need some help offensively. Uh, the, I'm going to go back to Winnipeg and Nashville really quick. Uh, it's just such an interesting dynamic because both of those teams could really use a player of Duchesne's caliber. And they uh, have the pieces. It, they, and they have the pieces, and they, you know, the chances of them playing each other are so high in, in, in the Western oh, yeah. playoffs. I mean, they could be... We could be talking about this. Could be the Western Conference Final. Uh, any, you know, they could they could run each other, into each other at any point, uh, depending on how it all shakes out. And you, you know, you almost as bad as you want this guy, you also want to keep him away from the other team that much more. Like this is, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're two pretty big rivals at this point. Uh, you know, now that they've turned into such good teams, and they, they both need him. They both want to keep him away from the other team. It's just it's an interesting dynamic uh, when it comes. Could to we even shape. see Dallas t- making a push for him? I, I could see that just with how like the, they're just touching that outside spot, and they, I could just see them making a push for any of these top guys here. Yeah, so I'm um, uh, just knowing what they need. Uh, I've heard a lot about uh, Dallas being, you know, kind of an uh, outside team looking in. Uh, Elliot Friedman touched on it in his 31 thoughts. Uh, the next guy, uh, the Dallas Stars seem to be a dark horse in the running for Artemi Panarin, uh, who's the next guy we're going to talk about. He's got 24 goals, 43 assists, 68 points in 56 games. Uh, Panarin's a guy who's seemingly been rumored to go to every team in the NHL. Uh, Been shitting his pants, though. Yeah, that was hilarious. A lot lot of talk about, you know, Florida being very interested in adding Panarin and Bobrovsky. Uh, I don't know how realistic that's going to be right now. Well, it's been more post-July 1st. Yeah, They want to lock them up long-term and... They're talking about whether or not, you know, giving up assets to acquire them now would be worth the yeah. added leverage in negotiating with them, or the added three months, I guess, you could yeah. negotiate with and them. I, I, th- I think that's a bit of a long shot, obviously. They've got some pieces that they could It'd move. It'd be a risk, like a, for sure. They could move, like, a Broussard and a Hoffman, maybe, uh, to try to, you know, add them and, you know, stay Yeah, but I still think it would, take, term, it would but... take more than that, right? No, at, at that point, Columbus to... is just going to size up that trade and say, you know, these are a couple of rental players, mm-hmm. and obviously we'd rather have Panarin than... Uh, you know the sum, the sum of the parts that is Hoffman and. Uh, but you look at Evander Kane out in San Jose. He gets dealt there as a rental, signs a nice long contract, and stays there. I think obviously when you acquire the player as a rental, the deadline, it's, you know, it, it will obviously yeah. increase your chance of being able to resign them. Yeah. But is it worth it? Well, for Kane, Florida? I think, was just so happy for a team to finally tell them that it, they wanted him. Yeah, <laughs> probably. But uh, Beebs, we'll start with you on this one, Panner, and what do you think? Uh, who, who do you really see him fitting with? I mean, he's such a talented player. He could fit with any any number of teams. Uh, you know, maybe even a, a return to Chicago at this point is uh, not out of the question. The way that they've all of a sudden turned, uh, That'd be awesome. <laughs> all of a sudden they're back on, into I'm the so uh, back in the playoffs. I mean, um, Brandon Saad for for Panarin straight up. 
what what I love about Panarin is his skill level uh, match with just his salary. Um, it makes him an option for realistically anyone for the rest of the year. Um, but um, as a top option, uh, you mentioned Dallas. I, I I'm just gonna say Dallas is gonna go for all these top guys. I think they 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 want to do something, and they seem to be on that edge. And they got Bishop coming back, feeling confident with Kadobin. Um, but one of the main ones again is Winnipeg. Winnipeg just seems to have the pieces that they can deal. And they're looking to improve, and they're already so good. Um, I could definitely see them again, including Roslovich, a pick. Um, they have mentioned that they're that they are willing to move their first round pick. They're dangling that quite hard out there too. A lot of a lot of people have that on the top of their trade board. Um, I, I like I like them going there. I don't want a lot of these top guys. I kind of see going to the same same teams again. Well, yeah, we're going to be talking uh, about the same seven or eight teams just quite a bit today. Exactly. But. Exactly, especially for these top guys. Um, but as you mentioned, I, I I don't hate the idea of him going to Chicago. Um, I think they're going to make a push. Just he's had that success there before. Um, they're on absolute fire, and they could see this as as an opportunity to kind of steal a season almost. And if they can, you know, trade a couple pieces now, get Panner in, maybe talk him into something, get him back again, that could be huge for them. Um, so for me, it's got to be Chicago and Winnipeg at the top, and then uh, and then Dallas pushing in from the back. I would have thought Boston a lot more before the coil trade. Obviously, that that was pretty heavily rumored. Um, Prior to that, I, I, yeah. I think there's still a possibility there, especially if they are content on coil being the third line center. They seem uh, all in. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the roster and you look at you know the prospect build that they have, especially with moving down now, it makes sense. Um, you know, you, you're really going to want to give yourself the best chance to win again uh, with the Bergeron, Marchand, and now Pasternak core. Um, so, yeah, I still think the Bruins will be an interesting team to watch. I'm still not totally convinced Panarin gets traded. Uh, I, I think, you know, Columbus is really going to have to look at the offers they're getting and, and you know, consider how, how worth it's really going to be. I, I think the prospect yeah. that uh, they end up getting is really going to need to be the difference maker, right? Because mm-hmm. they're not going to be too enticed by, a, you know, a late round, a late first round pick. Uh, that's not going to be the selling point of Panarin. It's more the requirement. Uh, and Columbus, you know, still very much in the playoff hunt right now and could definitely do some damage in the East, especially uh, coming from the Metropolitan side. Like, they're definitely good enough to win a round or two. And at that point, you never know. Um, so I, I I definitely think, you know, there's a possibility Panarin doesn't get traded. Um, you know, in terms of other spots, I, I think, you know, just from – a generic standpoint, Chicago makes a lot of sense, but uh, I think when you consider everything we've heard about Stan Bowman in the last uh, six months, <laughs> year or so, I, it just seems like he's a very prideful guy, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he goes back and trades for Panarin again, especially if he's clearly giving up that much more than when he originally sent him away, right? Like, I don't think he sells the farm for a guy that he traded away just two se- seasons just, ago. Just get a, yeah. send an Isimov back to Columbus. Just, just <laughs> reset the... <laughs> You set the standard here. I, I just don't know, like, if if Chicago really has uh, the ability to, have... to re-sign him if they do, re, you know, acquire him. So I yeah. don't know. If Especially that when you got to look yeah, at the money signing Strom and Demarcado yeah. coming years and, as well. I just don't think it's you're a locked realistic... up at ten and a half each for Taves and Kane for I I think Until at least the end another of time. another six years at least. Uh, Taves is obviously a really troubling one. He looks great this year. Uh, but you know, all Four more years are, left for each of them. Yeah, he just doesn't seem like his game is going to age as well. It really hasn't to this point. Uh, he's experienced, a, you know, a hell of a bounce back year this year. But a lot of that's just been driven. He's been a, a part of it, but the power play has obviously been mm-hmm. through the roof. Uh, and then Kane having one of his best years ever. 
Uh, and then scoring's up league-wide, too, so it's hard to just look at it and say, oh, he's back to a point per game now or he's on pace for career. You're going to have to give to Brinkad just so much money. Yeah, and then Strom, oh, yeah. too, right? If Strom continues at this pace, yes. and I think he's got one what more year game? left before they, his they entry both level do, ends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Debrinkat, you know, is going to be minimum $8 million at that point. Yeah. Uh, and then Strom, if he continues around this pace, if he's a point per game next year, uh, you know, the money you're going to have to pay a 21-year-old center to a point Second per game. Second-line center, yeah. Exactly, right? So it's it's going to be really tough. Yeah, I just don't know if it's, you know, really feasible for them to – I mean, like, are they good enough to win the Cup this year? Yeah. If they add Parent, I still don't think so. I, yeah, so. and then again, with that, just with everything else I said, I, you know – With I, the goaltending? No. The optics of it, I, I just don't think he's really too keen on doing that. No. Uh, but I, I think, you know, they definitely could be uh, kind of an under-the-radar – team and a lot of uh you know some of the lesser wingers that are on the market yeah the one thing uh i saw aaron portsline uh reporter for uh the blue the jackets reporter. yeah the only not really the only one. they got some good ones um <laughs> he reported today that the jets are very interested in panarin uh especially i think if they miss out on duchene uh they were saying that uh roslovich would be involved going back to uh, Columbus, he's an Ohio native. Uh, there's a lot of there's some ties there. Yeah. Uh, but to me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It's kind of like like for the Jets. I mean, like they need a center. They need a second line center. They yeah. need Brian Little to play in a third line center role. They need a center. Adding a guy like Panarin doesn't really no nope. change it too much. It just me. seems like it'd be a you like know, could you a real a, consolation prize to not getting yeah. Duchesne. Like they'd really be settling at that. Like, point. like obviously, any any contending team would love to add our Timmy Panarin. Yeah. But I, I agree with you that it doesn't they need address the, they their need biggest the center. Team. Yeah. Like there's other teams that could definitely you know there's like even like Dallas makes sense because they're not the greatest centers but they've got some quality guys down the middle, uh, yeah. you know even yeah I, I was gonna say even Philadelphia I think could be in the market for a center too uh, I just think if they could justify not having to play Claude Giroux down the middle of the ice it'd be huge for them like a Kevin Hayes or something like that yeah. could be a guy that we, exactly I could see. Uh, but we'll talk about him a little bit more Panarin to me I think Dallas is a nice fit. Uh, yeah. They need some more scoring if they're really going to do anything. They've got a pretty quality team, but they're just lacking so much depth on the wing. Uh, I mean, like look at the minutes that Blake Como is playing right now. If you yeah, if they if can you, get a couple pieces, they're going to be they they could be a force. We, we talk about them being dangerous all the time, and they just they, they never get there because they just don't have the depth on the wing. Uh, but I mean, you put them, you know, you, you got you're talking about a top four. Uh, you know, with Ben, Radulov, Segan, and, and Panarin, it's pretty dangerous. You got I was going to say, if, Heiskanen, two pretty good goalies. It's a, it's a quality team. If he's looking for a spot to fit in, you know, you're not going to find many other teams with, uh, you know, former KHL wingers that tore it up and kind of looking at Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it fits in there for sure, and I do think that's kind of in play with Panarin. Um, I think there's more to his situation than just ending up in a place where he's going to win. Otherwise, I think he'd be in Col- signing long-term in Columbus. Yeah. And then I think uh, the one thing I read the other day, too, I believe it was a piece from Bob McKenzie. I don't remember for sure, but he was talking to some executives who said, like, they have to trade Panner and they have to just get what they can get for Panner and Bobrovsky because, like you said, they are probably yeah, a playoff a team, position. but they're, you know – they're not good enough to make a lot of noise yeah. in the playoffs. I, I think they could make a run at Bob, especially because like, goalies never make that much on the open market or just in general. Just the, the volatile nature of the position. Uh, it's just in the numbers. Teams really don't have to invest in goalies because you know, the, mm-hmm. the market just really isn't there. Um, aside from you know, the most elite of elite goaltenders, which Bob would have been a few years ago. Um, we haven't seen a goalie you know, with his pedigree really hit the open market in a while, so it'll be interesting. But I do think... Uh, you know, if the Blue Jackets paid him accordingly, I, I think Borowski would say for sure. I just don't think they're too keen on doing it at this point. Yeah, and I they don't still know. believe in Corpus Allo. Hasn't looked great this year. But 
Let's move on here to the guy who's my absolute favorite on this entire list. And I tweeted out uh, a couple hours before the show. Over Painter? I, I can't believe uh, that Mark Stone's going to be a guy that gets traded here in the next couple days because he's just so unbelievable. Uh, tremendous two-way guy. And to 26 me, years old. Just 26, exactly. Uh, yep. 62 points in 59 games this year, including 28 goals. To me, the fit here is Calgary. Um if if he goes to Calgary, look out, man. I mean, oh could my, you imagine, already look out. But could you oh. imagine a top six with that top line, and then you pl- you replace like Michael Froelich with with Mark Stone, and then you're talking about Matt Kachuk, uh, Michael Backlund, and Mark Stone on that second line. Like, how do you, how how would you ever score goals against that? Maybe line? Kevin Hayes on the second line and Michael Backlund on the third line. Could be. I mean, the Flames should go all in, man. They could be. Yeah, they could I, win the cup yeah. this year. I mean, it really does just seem just, like the perfect goaltending. Is yeah. so is such a question mark right now. We I mean, talked about it a lot with Vegas last year. Go but get Bob. I, I just think when <laughs> when the things kind of break in your favor and they put you in a spot where you have a good team, uh, you know, but you you know you're in a, maybe a bit of a safer spot or more secure spot than you should be based on your roster. Uh, it really is the time to go all in. And yeah, I, I do think the Flames are just that team this year. So whether or not they do it, it'll be interesting to see because they obviously saw some good up and coming pieces as well. And their next five to six years are played out are laid out pretty nicely in front of them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how much they're willing to give up from that in order to contend this year. Yeah, like for them, the West is pretty wide open. It is wide open, and for them, I mean, Mark Giordano, thirty-five, not getting any younger. T.J. Brody, Travis Hamonic, uh, almost in their thirties. Uh, I mean, this is a core that's. You know, aside from Gaudreau and Monaghan, who really drive it there for them. Uh, you know, not the youngest core in the league. I mean, Backlund, 29. Um, for Solid league, though. 31. Like, their, their yeah. middle six is per, is pretty old. James Neal, not getting any younger. But they do have some nice young <laughs> pieces. And, you know, they if they can take advantage of this, I think adding... Like, Mark Stone, honestly, one of my favorite players in the league. And he's just so good both both ends of the ice. Such a good pit pocket. Scores so many goals. Great great passer too a phenomenal playmaker i mean just anybody that gets this guy i just can't believe that you could add mark stone like somebody's gonna the, the only that, the, the only issue is it seems like or sounds like he's asking for five years ten and a half million dollars yeah. so the teams that are going to be trading for him have to be willing to pay uh you know mark stone ten and a half million dollars and you look at a team like uh, the Flames, I mean, they're only paying Goudreau 6.75 and Monaghan 6.37. Those, those guys are locked up in top Neal, players. Yeah, yeah, James Neal, that hurts. They didn't have to um, sign James Neal to it. Yeah, it would be great yeah. if they if they didn't have that contract. But they didn't five have years? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, terrible contract. But, uh, and they, you know, they, do they want to spend up for, for Mark Stone? Remains to be seen. But, he's, you know, that, that's a young core that's not making a ton of money that they could, uh, you know, potentially – uh, Simon, they don't have a ton of cash. get Ottawa to take Neil back to Imagine playing real. seven yeah. games against that team. That would be absolutely terrifying against the, that that top six. You have to stop that for seven games. It's not going to happen easily. Um, yeah. Yeah. See, that's the toughest thing about this. If is for teams that really want to look at adding a guy like Stone long term, is you don't get into a contending spot. Uh, with having $10 million in cap space, right? So anyone yeah. that really does make a run at Stone and it's is going get creative. to... Because, yeah, it's going to be really hard to commit to giving up everything that it's going to cost to get him just to get him for three months. And really, you know, if you don't make the room to sign him, you're not giving yourself even, a, you know, a chance. So you're going to have to get creative. Um, they got to pay Matt Kachuk, too. Yeah. Got to pay Sam Bennett. It's just, like, it's not going to be Matt easy for Kachuk's any any of these money. teams, dude. If you're in a spot right now uh, where, you know, you can reasonably think about adding a, a piece like Mark Stone, you're you're just not going to find yourself a $10 million in cap space. Uh, unless your team like Carolina, 
who, again, is just another team with a lot of RFAs coming up. Uh, and it just really doesn't make sense for them either because their top nine is already so well-rounded. Um, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. Like I, Vegas? Vegas is a team that's got some room. They could use uh, another quality winger. They'd be dangerous. Yeah. And somebody like Mark Stone, I don't know how they realistic it is. Trade. They've got tons of prospects. Yeah, but how are we looking at next year? Because I know they signed Tuck to that contract. Pacioretty's contract doesn't kick in until next year. Um, so they got $15 million right now. But deadline cap space, they got seventeen million. Well, I think if you go down, Ooh. if you go down, cap friendly, by the way, obviously. Yeah, huge. Uh, pardon the delay. Six mil next year. Yeah, see, so they have all those contracts kicking in next season, so it just gets really, really tough. Anyway, so it'll be interesting. I don't think anyone's gonna really end up selling the farm for Stone, which is why I think it's another one who it could be a real disappointment come. Monday, but he might not get dealt because I, I think they're still holding. That's what I mean. Like I can't believe that some team could add him. Like if yeah. that happens, I mean, and, and I, I, yeah. Well, this deadline's crazy. Like it really seems like you There's know, so many big names. Like there. we have three legitimate point per game guys uh, who should get dealt by Monday. Whether or not it happens remains to be seen. Uh, because obviously, like we said with Columbus, they're not going to move him without getting uh, the, you know every everything for him. Uh, and then Stone, I, I just think he's kind of left out that hope in all, the back of Ottawa's mind that he might re-sign eventually. Uh, I think obviously if it hasn't been ruled out yet, he's at the very least considering it. He's always voiced that he wants to stay in yeah. Ottawa. He's obviously he's being rushed to make a decision right now. Uh, yep. So I, I think there's a chance where if they don't get the return they want, especially if they feel they got a good enough return for Duchesne and maybe Zingle that they hold on to Stone and try to negotiate with him through the summer. They obviously have the cap space to do it. But I just think it's going to be tough to really get someone to commit to giving up all the things they want for him if they know they're pretty much only going to be able to get him for you know three or four months. So according to Elliot yeah, Friedman, I, too, sorry, Beeps, uh, the Senators came yeah. at him with the five-year, $10 million offer. It was actually denied that that was on the table. Uh, so maybe it is going to be uh, a little bit less than that, but still, uh, it's going to be quite a sizable cap hit. Uh, again, according uh, to 31 Thoughts, uh, Vegas isn't interested in doing it as a rental. Uh, Winnipeg's interested. Calgary's in there for sure, and uh, some other teams are definitely in the mix. Uh, where do you see a fit, Biebs? Um, I, I, I like that touch again. I mean, I, I don't want to go after Dallas. I could see them working in for him. Um, but again, they're not going to have a ton of room to bring him. I think, like you said, it's such a tough situation with, with these teams not necessarily having the. Like, do you give up that much for just a rental? Um, you don't want to be, um, Detroit with Todd Bertuzzi back in the day, um, with Florida there. Absolutely gave up the farm for him. Um. <laughs> people don't forget but um for me it's just uh, if there's one between him and duchene between if there's one of them that i see staying in ottawa like d mentioned definitely see it being stone um he seems a little bit more inclined to stay um and they seem a little bit more inclined to keep him if anything but um again i, I this is one of the guys that falls in these it, the, the the top three realistically fall together for me um and he's right there with panner and if someone wants panner and i think they want stone um and i yeah. think they're it just depends how the, how the GM's viewing them. So I think a lot of those same teams are going to be in it. Um, again, we could see Boston make a push if um, they're really going for any of those squads. Um, yeah, and but. Stone's, uh, I, I think if we're talking from a fantasy perspective, Stone's the one guy that uh, I, I think if he gets moved, I wouldn't worry about his production wavering one way or another. No. Um, yeah. You know, he could potentially even slide up onto it's the first line of some before. of these contending teams. 
Uh, but he, he's been very productive, like over a point per game this season uh, with basically bouncing between first and second line usage. And you could say the same for Duchesne. Uh, although Duchesne has been kind of unquestionably on that first power point in all year where Stone's with kind a of bounced rough around cast a little bit. Around uh, yeah, that power play has been good, but you're right, Beavs. Uh, definitely, you know, the supporting cast could, could get stronger. Uh, if I have Panarin, I'm really hoping he doesn't get moved before the deadline because I can't imagine him getting put into a better spot. Um, you just love guys being on a team where there's a clear-cut top line. They're a part of it, uh, and it's a dominant first line, and that's what Columbus has. Oh, with yeah, Dubois, Axon, and, and Panarin. Yeah, so it, you know that that line is just so good and so consistent night in and night out. There's so much chemistry there. It's hard to imagine Panarin just getting dropped into a better situation. Uh, you know, for essentially the fantasy playoffs, the last 15 to 20 games of the season. We see it so often too of these guys get traded and you're like, oh man, this is going to be great. He's playing with this guy. And then like it takes him a couple games and you, yeah. you know, it doesn't really heat up until yeah. the playoffs. Or and whatever. again, Sometimes this year is never... unique because we're like you really don't normally see first line guys just no. really being Some elite talent. You know, and it, if it is, it's maybe one per deadline, right? Or we had Ole Oaken in like four years in a row back in the day. <laughs> so it, it is unique in that sense. But yeah, I think from a fantasy perspective, if you own these guys, for the most part, you're really hoping they don't get dealt. Yeah, the salary caps really made things interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, We'll talk about one more guy before we go to the break, and then we'll rifle through a bunch of them in the second half. Uh, Wayne Simmons, number four on TSM's Wayne makes the cut. Trade board. Um, one of these things is not like the other. No kidding. Wayne Simmons, only 16 goals, 11 <laughs> I was assists. I we were going to smush in here. In, uh, in 60 games this year. Bit of a down year for the Wayne train. Uh, well, but, yeah, the usage you know, is basically what can you expect out of playing Simmons on the third line? With fringe Nolan, power Patrick, and yeah, he, you know, he bounces Lott. between the first and second unit. To be fair, but not uh, great. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's uh, kind of in the short end of the stick, and that you know it was kind of known that was going to be it was going to be that way when they signed JVR. Yeah, um, for me, I think that a team who I just talked about uh, that could look at adding Wayne Simmons is, is Vegas. I think he, they're a more realistic fit. Yeah. Uh, than say uh, Mark Stone. Um, Simmons could slide nicely onto that third, uh, their third line. They just and obviously he could bounce up and down the line. Yeah, as and he well, could exactly. Go on, you know, shown the uh, you know he likes to do. I mean, Peary has struggled a little bit after sense. a ridiculously hot start. Yeah, uh, but Patcheretti could easily move up, and then you put you put uh, Simmons with. Eakin and whoever else you want yeah. to put. And Ryan Smith, Carpenter. Smith could even drop down. Right, Simmons could get a look with Carlson or March. So. Uh, so yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. And again, Vegas, a team who I think is, you know, just uh, with what we were looking at earlier, I, I think definitely would be in the market for some rental players because they have all this cap space to burn this year. Yeah, uh, and you know, maybe not attach them in years. Go all in for it again. But I think the price on Simmons is. Gonna I think be pretty he comes good. home, boys. Yeah. Well, that's that's the because thing. Philly's going to want to wait, right? And they're going to want to wait until Panner and Stone are off the border. At least they're. And that's the thing. Up. It's good. There's so many dominoes to fall. Yeah. I if mean, you want Simmons, you want him right now before those other guys go. Oh yeah, because, because once once the drops, it's going to be 20 teams in on Simmons because they missed out on Panner and Stone. It's like mm-hmm. holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they missed out on Zuccarello too, and then they're like, we got to get Wade Simmons in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Beebs, you think, think he's coming he- home? I think he's coming home. I think he's going to Toronto. Um, I've, I, I, I just something about it. Um, I see him as an improvement on Zach Hyman. The, I don't know if you'd agree, but um, oh, if you sure. can put him up there and have him take Zach Hyman's spot, he's just a bigger, better version of him. Someone who can score a little bit easier. Yeah. It seems. I don't think that's where and, perhaps uh, would put him. But. No, he would definitely I think be on the third line with Kadri and uh, and Nylander for sure. Yeah, it, would be the scariest third it'd line. It'd be great. It's just it's, it's obviously not a glaring need for the Maple Leafs, but I yeah. you know I, I think if you look in years to come, you don't expect them to have a lot of flexibility at the deadline. So this year could be pretty unique in that regard. Uh, but I also don't think they really want to move anything too concrete for Simmons. 
you Maybe know, as like much a, upside he could flash. There's only so much damage he can do playing 14 minutes a night, which is I, I 100% agree he'd be an upgrade over Hyman. He'd be an upgrade over Marlowe and potentially even Kapanen. They're probably pretty interchangeable at this point in their careers. Um, I just see them with the potential pieces. Um, I don't think he's going to take a ton to get, and I think Toronto yeah, has. No, I, I agree. I, I think if the, the only thing is I, I, I had kind of thought about it a couple weeks ago, and I thought if it was going to happen, it had to happen early because just of what we just talked about, I, I think yeah, they there's might no way. Yeah, now. if Panner and Stone does go early, there's no way the Leafs are going to be willing to pay uh, a first plus for Simmons after already giving up a first to get Muzzin. Uh, absolutely yeah I, I just like i almost feel like a first round pick is off the table for the maple Leafs. they've already talked about how they don't want to trade logan or sandine rightfully so they're two top defensive prospects both both look to be legitimate top four defensemen which is the most glaring need for the maple Leafs. um so it'll be interesting but yeah it's definitely been rumored a lot beebs i wouldn't be totally shocked to see it um these fans are just clamoring for some toughness yeah, and I just... Wayne would bring it. Wayne would <laughs> yeah. definitely bring that. Yeah, and yeah. I for obviously he's the type of toughness that Dubas would value as well, right? So, But I, I don't mm-hmm. think Dubas is going to overpay by any means to bring Simmons in. He realizes, uh, you know, kind of how small of a difference it would really make in the grand scheme of things. They need a defenseman at the end of the day. They, yeah. need, they need a right shot yeah. defenseman. No, but obviously Simmons, not party Simmons would help, either. but it would definitely be bolstering a strength as opposed to addressing the need. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with the team I'm going with, though, is the San Jose Sharks. I think that's where he's going to end up. Uh, they're the team, another team that's just looking to go all in. They could uh, definitely use a ninth forward. They yeah, could, uh, replace a Marcus Sorensen yeah. uh, in the top nine. I mean, Wayne, or, uh, Wayne would look pretty good on Joe Thornton's wing, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm going to go with the Sharks on this one. I think uh, there's been some rumors of them be, being interested. It's kind of a mix of all these uh, these top contending teams, obviously. Uh, when we're talking Glad about, we brought them up, too. When we're talking about rentals, um, yeah. there's I, obviously only half the teams in the NHL that are going to be really yeah. be buyers of the deadline. And I think the Sharks are yeah. going to be a team that's looking to add. Their blue I, line's pretty stout. Yeah. Uh, they need to, you know, maybe one forward up front. And uh, I don't think Michael Haley moves the needle too much, but <laughs> maybe Wayne Simmons would. It's yeah, some Pams. I think I'll be pretty boring in my answer. I, I think, you know, if uh, Panarin or Stone do move, the guys who miss out on him are obviously yep. going to be the ones oh, that for sure. are going to be looking at Simmons. So I think Nashville would And that's what Friedman said, too. It's going to be it's going to be those yeah. top three dominoes yeah. really need to fall. Yeah, uh, Or even potentially Columbus, if they move Panarin and then they get the assets back, they could be looking at a guy like Simmons to add for this year's run uh, to maybe kind of soften that blow. Obviously, you know, it's a drastic difference there, but if you can kind of uh, make out with some, you know, pretty hefty profit in the middle of swapping Panarin for Simmons, it could end up working out. Uh, and then again, uh, not to sound like a broken record, but I, I think <laughs> there's a chance, and I'm hoping it doesn't happen, but Boston. there's a chance this has, uh, no, there's a chance it ends up being a very dull trade deadline. Uh, and if Panarin or Stone don't go, yeah. I think Philly is in the same spot as Columbus where they're not just going to be all willy-nilly on moving Simmons no. for the sake of moving Simmons. If they can't get a first-plus for Simmons, I don't think they end up moving him. Um, but who knows? They, it could be a situation where they're holding out to the very end, and then once teams realize they can't get Panner or Stone, then they do end up overpaying for Simmons. Uh, but I still think, you know, Philly is just in... They can still do it this year themselves. Uh, they're kind of just around the bubble right now. They've been throwing the, the word around uh, your, their own rental. Exactly. I've heard that a lot. Exactly. So I, it's the same thing as with Panner, whereas if the price isn't right... Uh, I don't think they would hesitate to hold on to Simmons. My only concern, based, not concern, but um, I think these, these... So it's either going to be the best trade deadline, trade deadline ever or the worst trade yeah. deadline ever. Is a lot of hype and nothing happening. Yeah. Um, I think that for, for the Penguins, or sorry, the Flyers, I should say, uh, they got absolutely just torched in, in Montreal tonight. They got a tough game Saturday. 
against the Penguins. If they lose again on Saturday, uh, right now they're still seven points back. I think that mm-hmm. if they lose again on Saturday, they're just looking like, you know what, I don't know if we're going to get there. And even if we do, are we really going to make a lot of noise? But if they win on Saturday, maybe, you know, they crawl within five. They got a little bit better chance. Obviously, still a lot of hockey to be played, but I, you got to gauge at the trade deadline. Are they really going to make any noise? I say that they're not. I don't mm-hmm. think they're, they're quite ready. I don't think Carter Hart's really ready to make that strong push. Um, although he's looked great, I just don't think you can rely on a 20-year-old and, you know, for, through the grind of the playoffs. And I think they ultimately move Wayne Simmons, especially if they lose uh, Saturday. But, uh, Beebs, anything else to add uh, on, on anything we've just added? Uh, just one thing about this trade deadline is uh, with with so many teams being so close, it, it, it makes it good because there's so many buyers, but it makes it bad because there's so little sellers. Um, so we're getting we're getting a little bit of, of good and bad. Like D said, um, he's very right. It's going to be either super interesting and there's going to be just teams overpaying and some crazy shit happening, or, uh, or it's just going to be. You know, Did you just fall off a windmill? What happened there? No, my uh, fuck, my uh, sorry, my my mic just dropped. It sounded like you just like like you're just gonna try to power through it. Like yeah. You just <laughs> started talking louder across the room at your mic. It sounded like you jumped to... from an airplane with like your microphone, but the air like wouldn't know. The, the mic stayed at the top of the airplane, and you just fell. You know, how they, you know how, like they like don't really stand up straight very easily. Like they just terrible. Top, top a bit of a gangster lean to them. Yeah. It, it fell. Okay. Anyways, um, this would be a good time to send it over to the Blue Stones for 60 seconds. When we get back, we got a number of players. Uh, I love this shit. I love the trade deadline. This is always fun and breaking it yeah. down. We'll uh, look more at the fantasy value or what we can expect in changes. Or yeah, a lot of these top guys are top guys, guys, and they're not really going to yeah. be affected too yeah. much either. We're not way. just going to go through and look at uh, you know the team that all these guys are going to end up in because, like we said, it's going to be just the contending teams that are in all these guys. We're going to be talking about a lot of the same teams. Uh, so instead, with a lot of these guys, they're more fringe guys. I, I think we can really look at uh, maybe a boost in fantasy value for some of these guys should they get moved. Uh, so that's what we'll be talking about. In, in the second half? Seven, All right. Enjoy the boost. Are we, uh... Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I die. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision narrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Sing your heart out, sing it loud. Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Black holes, solid ground A thousand voices set on free Because this silence is killing me Season 4, episode 24 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. This is the trade deadline preview. Uh, next the primer. Week, next week, we'll come back with the trade deadline review. Uh, you guys are probably going to have to do it by yourselves, though. Uh, or I'll have to chime in from 
Nashville. I doubt that's going to oh. happen, though. I might be a little too Party banged City. up for that. So it might be you guys all by yourselves because I will not be available. Unless we do it. We might be able to sneak one in on Tuesday. We'll, we'll see. Um, but okay. Hey, oh, my God. What, what will I do without Brock? Yeah. You guys, no, you guys would kill it, honestly. And then you'd have to put it together, and that would go awesome because I know you guys have probably not used Audacity in many years. Yeah, since first-year university. But um, I feel like I could do it. Um not not too tough, but at the same time, <laughs> pretty not easy, volunteering. Pretty. pretty um, <laughs> I really need something I could do, not something I want to do. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So in the first half, we talked about Matt Duchesne, <laughs> Artemi Panarin, Mark Stone, Wayne Train, Simmons. Let's talk about Kevin Hayes a little bit. Trying. Um. Obviously, Rangers are looking to, to move some pieces. It seems like uh, looks like Kevin Hayes and Matt Zuccarello. We can lump these two together uh, right now. They're yeah. number five and six. Uh, Kevin Hayes is a guy that should be able to improve his fantasy value uh, via trade. He has been leaned on pretty heavily on that second line, and he's on the first power play unit. So it, I guess and this is going to be the case for a lot of these guys. It all depends where he goes. Uh, you know, Maybe he ends up in a place like Winnipeg, and he becomes your second line center, and he plays with Patrick Lane. Yeah. Obviously, that's better than playing with Jimmy Vc and, and Why? Well, yeah, Nash, I think wherever Nash. Kevin Hayes goes, he's going to end up on a better second line than what he's playing with. I just don't know if he'll get the first line. Might not get as many minutes, though. Or yeah. play as much. That's what, I'm a little concerned about Kevin Hayes' fantasy value. I, I think he's one of the few guys on this so list we could look at where he, I think for sure his value. Do you really think he's going to get like 19 minutes wherever he goes though? No, I, mean, I don't should. think, but I think seven, 16 to 17 minutes on our contending teams are better than 19 minutes than what he's seen right now in yeah. New York. Yes, the power play is uh, very good. The power play is solid, but I, you know, you can't, it's been great recently. you can't understate, you know, the potential upgrades you could get in wings and even strength, oh. which is, you know, 12 to 15 of those minutes. You could be game. talking about Kevin Hayes playing between like a, Patrick Line and Nick Ehlers, maybe yeah. or something like that would be insane. Yeah, he just has um, thing is, though, He's not a power. lock to be top six. That's the thing. He could be, he could be that that third. I, I think the price on him is going to be if a team makes a move for him, he's going to end up in their top six. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There uh, there obviously is that potential bees, but I just don't think anyone would really be seriously interested or in on him. Uh, if they already had a legitimate second Let me seven. throw out a, a possibility or scenario to you. What if he goes to Columbus? Columbus and the Rangers, a lot of ties. They've made 100 trades together over the years. Um, you know, the Blue Jackets are probably moving Panarin, but they want to stay in the hunt. They want to stay relevant. They want to stay a quality hockey team. Bring in Kevin Hayes. Uh, that because that second, that second line, that second line, they, yeah. They need so a what? Alex Wenberg's your fourth line center now? No, Wenberg's probably Wenberg's on this list at some point. Wenberg's probably getting traded. Yeah, he's about he's about twenty down. Yeah, Wenberg's pro- we're probably not even going to get to him, but he's probably number seven. This just this all just doesn't jive with me though. Like I I don't believe that the the Blue Jackets are going to be selling off each and every single one of their expiring contracts and also being in the market for other expiring contracts. It really just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up, especially when you consider. You know, a price on a guy like Hayes is going to be so much more than a guy like Wenberg. You know, Hayes is really the second best center available on the trade market right now, and it's not even close. Oh, um, so Wenberg's I think once Duchesne goes, uh, expiring. yeah, he's got four years left. Yeah, well, Wenberg's got go. some time. Yeah, but yeah, oh, Hayes is phenomenal. So we I talked about Hayes. Yeah, I don't get, I don't see so you don't the see, logic you don't see the there. Fit? No, apparently they're interested. I, I don't they're, see they're, it either. I, I only brought them up because yeah. I've heard that they're 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 interested. No, I think there's a few couple very obvious fits for Kevin Hayes. 
Uh, I thought it was Boston. I was always all in on Boston. Yeah. Now but I would, Charlie yeah. Coyle. I, well, I get what you're saying too, but I, again, yeah. I, I just think the price on him is going to be so much more than Charlie Coyle. Well, it's not going to be worth it to Adam as your third line center no. for a few months, and that's what Boston would have been doing. He's not going to bump David Krejci down to the third line, right? Uh, so I just think Winnipeg, Nashville. Again, we're talking about the same teams, but uh, just where the market's at right now, I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams willing to move. Uh, you know. A, the quality pieces necessary just to add a third line center, especially when he could be so much more. So you're saying uh, maybe Nashville? Nashville would be a nice fit if they miss out on Duchesne. Yeah, that, well, again, that's what I said. It's gonna, it's pretty boring, but that generally same tends time. how to be, right? The same the same teams are on the, or the same you know four or five teams are in on all of the you know guys that are on the market right now, and it's just the way it plays out. If Duchesne once Duchesne ends up going, uh, the market for Hayes is going to be through the roof. So, so high. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, there's never any guarantees with this sort of thing. But if they both get traded, I'd be very surprised if Winnipeg Nashville, you know, weren't at least one of the two teams they ended up going to, if not, you know, the two the teams. The two teams. Yeah. Because I, I think when you look at contending teams, they're the teams who very clearly uh, need a center right now. Beebs, anything to add on Kevy? No. Um, and for him, and you mentioned we'd, we'd, we'd patch Zuccarello with him. Um as you mentioned, this is a team that, that rides New York rides their top six extremely hard. Yeah, because um, their bottom they, six that, is terrible. That's basically it. That, that's what they play is that those two lines. So Zuccarello, um, just going to jump to him next. I think he absolutely loses value if he gets traded. He's had a clear connection with Zibanejad since basically basically we told you to pick him up, um, not to flex our own muscles there, but uh, but he's been on an absolute fire for the last little bit. Um, and I think a change of scenery might not help him, but it could help him in the sense that if he can plug into a first line somewhere, somewhere that needs help, um, which he's super capable of, um, then he could he could improve. Um, but again, I could see him falling back to a third line, and I think that the price isn't going to be ex- that crazy for Zucrell. I think it'll be high, but I don't think it'll be like Hayes where teams could give up something and justify putting one on a third line, um, maybe making him a power play specialist. But uh, for me, I think Zooks uh, needs Zabinijad with him to keep that that uh, that fantasy extreme relevance going like he has right now. Um, so I would look to almost trade him in real fantasy. Um, but uh, it's someone who I could definitely see. I, I do see moving on the market they admitted that they're not very close with contract talks. He wants about, I believe it's five or six years, and they just don't see um, giving a contract to a guy who's going until he's 36, old. 37. Um, yeah, they just don't They don't want a 37-year-old Zuccarello. Um, so I could see them moving him for sure um, at this deadline. Do you guys, like, one team we haven't really talked about at all, um, Like, do you guys think like a team like Vancouver is going to – Make any moves like like is maybe are they a sneaky they, team that could get in on a Zuccarello? I mean they're they're three points out of the playoffs right now. I and like I they, they, there's so. a cl- I think there's, there's a clear need for top there. six wingers. They don't know what I, I just don't see them making the push. Yeah, um, I, I I think they're just happy with where they've gotten this year. Um, I think we're gonna see them take a heavy heavy drop. Like look at their team; they're fucking brutal. They're absolutely terrible. They have a million freaking injuries. It's absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, I, I just yeah, I think if you're the GM of Vancouver, would you look at what you got right now and think any bit oh. of your future, which is you know pretty well set up for, is worth leveraging for you know maybe entering the playoffs as a bottom seed? No, I, I mean I'm saying I wouldn't, but yeah. I think that they could be a team that makes move. Uh, I, 
so to go back to 31 thoughts here, uh, Friedman, same, you know, kind of like what we said, similar teams to be involved uh, in both Zuccarello and Wayne Simmons right now is Boston, Calgary, San Jose, and potentially Pittsburgh and uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. So uh, Pittsburgh's an interesting case. Obviously, they could... Uh, it's not a team who's just so strapped up against the cap in years to come and it makes sense they'd be interested in rentals. And, and, and Rutherford's been one yeah. of the but again, uh, most aggressive yeah. GMs. I, I, read, I heard something the other day that like he has like just like never had a first round pick like in his tenure in, in Pittsburgh. Like he just doesn't ever have one. Just ref- like trades him away every year. Well, I mean, <laughs> when you're picking 25th to 30th every year, uh, you got to think the value you, or the certain value you could get up for them on the trade market would be worth any potential value you could get at that pick to your dynasty in three or four years from now. Yeah, and they just you know they've got to continue to just try yeah. to to win while like I could got I could Crosby keep this twenty eighth overall pick and make a pick, or I could trade it for Tanner Pearson, who was a twenty eighth overall pick, yeah. and you know for sure get some certain value out of it right now. Not not that you trade the first round. And the window is obviously closing, closing, closing every, yeah. with each passing season. Yeah, so no, they it makes sense. Kind of just be aggressive, and, and he's been gonna... smart with the additions he makes. Right, he's not adding you know. 30 plus year old guys they're guys nope. that oh, they've been more often than not they're on the right side buried. of 30 and then he either you know keeps them throughout the duration or he moves them again or flips them before uh you know contract even expires like we saw with Haglin. i kind of uh you know lumping hayes and zuccarello together uh was out of necessity because they're both rangers and they are sure. ranked five and six on the trade bait board but zuccarello really fits nicely in the same group as these next two guys and that's gustav nyquist and ryan dezingle um all the reports that I've seen basically uh, for Dezingle is that, you know, it's always going to matter where Duchesne goes or Stone goes. Those are the two dominoes to fall. And then uh, Dezingle's next. Yeah. But there's also been talks that Dezingle is one of the most highly sought after uh, players available at this deadline because obviously the price is going to be a lot more reasonable than our adding yeah. our and our the cap hit too, right? The cap hit is extremely digestible, one point eight million, and he's just fast as fuck. I mean, yeah, you can never have enough speed, and Dezingle's fantastic. So, uh, especially now you look at a guy like Zuccarello, you know, you miss out. There's going to be teams looking at Zuccarello. You miss out. On Zuccarello, now you've got a guy like Gustav Nyquist and Ryan Dezingle. Uh From a fantasy perspective, perspective sorry, uh, Nyquist probably takes a hit wherever he goes. For we sure. saw Tatar uh, last year went from being like a top six forward in Detroit to a healthy scratch in Vegas. Healthy. Nyquist goes from playing 95% of his 5v5 minutes this year. Uh, that's a yeah. bit of a stretch. But uh, with Dylan Larkin, who's been sensational, to probably a second or third line winger uh, to a contending team. Yeah. So Nyquist, uh, a guy that I would be obviously trying to just sell off right now. <laughs> well, he's a guy who's proven to be just a pure complimentary piece, right? Yep. We, we've seen the Red Wings try to center lines around Nyquist and honestly, before, and it has not worked. The problem is, though, like I'd say sell him, sell him right now just to because you know it's You're probably going to hurt. But he's probably not even going to get traded, man. Mm-hmm. Ken Holland is so loyal. He's probably going to sign him a five-year contract <laughs> till he's fucking 35 <laughs> years old. Well, I, again, I just, like, there's... All these guys are talking about it. I, I really don't imagine a world where all of these guys get traded, where Duchesne, Panner, and Simmons, Hayes, Zuccarello, Nyquist, Zingle... You know, there's just not enough spots available. There's not enough contending teams out there looking to add top six... To me, Maybe to me, forwards, I disagree a little bit just because of the way... How similar so many of these players are like there's going to be contending teams that need a Duchesne so once Duchesne goes 
everyone's calling on Kevin Hayes. And like once Zuccarello goes, oh, I missed it on Zuccarello. Yeah, call I just, I just think the fringe teams are, are just so weird this year that they're not necessarily looking to There's go all in. There's just so in many fringe teams. Yeah. So that's the yeah, problem. But, I mean, but Vancouver, including Anaheim. All these teams, we you know, it's just kind of up in the air what their intentions are for the seasons because they're kind of laid out half decently for the next few years, right? So it's it's I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just very fearful like, that we're going to get a dud of here, a deadline with all the hype that there's been. Here's another team, which is just crazy to even bring them up. Like, is is Arizona? Yeah. Well, Colorado's Arizona, another team, is, is too. Is Arizona we a bar? Is Colorado a bar? Yeah. Well, I think Colorado... Uh, I think they're just chilling. Well, I, I think it's all about the price being right, Beebs. Obviously, they don't want to fracture yeah. the future at all. Uh, but you still have to, you know, kind of half decently like their chances in this year. Like they sneak into the playoffs. They got a nice. They got a very nice yeah, uh, final like, schedule. Yeah, like you know, I don't love their odds of beating a, a deep team like Nashville, Calgary, which is probably what they're looking at. Uh, but there's an argument to be made Seriously. that it, they're all winnable matches for them if the first line is clicking, uh, and especially if they have a, a little bit of depth. All of these guys would be amazing acquisitions for Colorado. They need help, need help down the middle. They need help on the wing. Kevin Hayes would be a nice. Addition. Yeah, but I, I agree with you, Beavs. Uh, Whereas if I'm running the avalanche, I'm not too crazy about fracturing the future too much. Uh, Are you that worried, though? You're going to get Jack Hughes probably next year. That's true, too. Exactly. That's one thing that does help is you do have that that likely top three pick. Yeah, so maybe they do swing in and make a run for one of these guys. Obviously, we're not expecting them to go after Matt Duchesne. Uh, But, you know, I do think they could maybe take up an extra one of these spots. Uh, But I I think there's at least three or four of these guys on this list who are not going to get traded. you know, following Monday's deadline, and as a fantasy owner, you're probably going to be pretty happy that they didn't move. Goose up Nyquist, yeah, we, especially. We saw. If, if you got a deep lead with Nyquist, you want him with Larkin or near Larkin. Yeah, where you, you want him staying with Detroit. Yeah. I was going to say, we saw Colorado kind of make a surprise move a couple of years ago with Michael Bodker when they were making that push towards the playoffs. People didn't see that one coming. Um, and I can see something of that regard kind of happening if they pick up a guy like, you know, maybe a Marcus Johansson, um, someone deeper down the board. Just expiring contract. Even just even Derek Broussard to help the team. Someone where the price isn't too high, where they can maybe move a, a further down the line prospect. I know that Colorado's not to get on the Colorado train, but they they're expecting five uh, first overall picks at camp next year who can really potentially crack that lineup. Um, so um, I think they might be willing to to, to leave with some prospects. Um, on that note, but that that's all I'll say about the Avalanche there as far as their trade situation goes. We talked about. Uh, sorry, we actually haven't talked about. It. We mentioned him earlier. We didn't really get into it. Sergey Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky. Uh, and the potential that he gets traded. So the two prominent uh, goaltenders available right now are Sergey Bobrovsky and Jimmy Howard. Uh, you know, when you're looking at contending teams that need goaltending help, there really aren't any, unless we're talking about maybe a Carolina. Yeah. Maybe. Um, well, St. Louis was a hot spot for a while, but obviously Bennington. Bennington's been great. San Jose is still a team that like needs help, probably. Calgary is still a probably, team that needs you know, help. I, I think, yeah, I think San Jose like, is the team. Yeah, I don't know if San they're Jose willing. But I just don't, know if, I just don't know if they're going to – if they're willing, right? It, 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 it seems like so unlikely that Bobrovsky is traded in. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're willing to admit that like Martin Jones is a fringe backup goaltender, mm-hmm. let alone a starting goaltender. Posted a shutty tonight, so I mean oh. – uh, yeah, I don't get how they're not – I already talked about how literally anyone could shut out a team in the NHL. No, I know. Play 60 games, I'm, I'm you not saying that, but I'm just saying that they, you know, from a San Jose perspective, yeah. they look at something like that. Okay, he just goes into Pittsburgh and shuts him out. Right. He's like, they play oh, him can... the next night after, right? He's done that twice this year. Jones gets a shutout on the front end of back to back, and they play him the next he gets night. Shit, he's gets hot. pulled. Yeah, no shit. Um, 
Uh, and for me, I mean, there's not really if Bobrovsky gets traded to a great team, obviously that's. I think how he gets dealt, Bob doesn't. Um. So he, it's so funny because what I think yeah. is going to happen is Howard only gets dealt to Columbus if Bob goes. Yeah, that would they, make... They're going to bring... They'll bring Howard in as insurance. Still, again, I talk, about it seven times, talk about seven times on this podcast <laughs> that Columbus wants to probably move these guys but stay relevant. Yeah. Trade Bob somebody, bring Howard in on the cheap. I think Howard would have got traded four years ago if it wasn't for his contract, right? Um, and now yeah. he's finally oh, yeah. at the point where he's over overperforming his contract. He's having a hell of a season. It's crazy to sit here and talk about how Jimmy Howard has better numbers in Detroit than Bob has in He's been and that's so the reality good. of the situation, right? And, you know, teams aren't stupid, obviously. They're going to see that. And, uh, obviously, the price is just going to be so much lower on Howard. Uh, and like you said, I don't think the market's there to really drive it up. You know, at, at most, we're talking about two or three contending teams that would really be interested in adding uh, one of these guys. So, uh, you know, unless something comes out of the woodworks like Florida, where they're really just trying to make some extended run at negotiating with them and willing to give up assets to do that. Uh, I, I just don't see both of these guys really getting moved. And I think Howard, the price is just going to be right that he does end up getting moved. Uh, and I think he's willing to get moved, which, you know, when you talk about Ken Howard, Holland, Howard I, wants to, yeah. so I think to Ken, re-sign with I the think, trip, but he could tr- get traded, come back, and I think that's a, a likely scenario. Yeah, well, yeah I, I don't know. I think he's super down to also make a run at the Cup too, right? So, Especially the way he's been playing this Yeah, year. exactly. He's, he's played his best season in, what, was, at least the last four or five years. Probably his career. Could have been relative maybe his yeah, career. Arguably. He had a couple of really good based years on how Based on how bad the team is in front of him. Yeah. It's weird because we were sitting here talking about how – Calgary needed a goaltender. How maybe Howard made sense there. Mike Smith's all of a sudden playing well. Riddick struggling a little bit. Like what's going on in Calgary? Are you know? Are they a team that could maybe uh, add a goalie and carry three? Are they content to try? Because like we just said, that they they're a team that could legitimately win the cup if yeah. they have good goaltending. But I don't think Howard is like moves the needle at all. Yeah, well, I, I think if, Riddick, is it, it Bobrovsky that they want? Like it's no. Nah, I think if you nothing. if they were in a position where they're ready to just write off Mike Smith as not really being a serviceable NHL goaltender, we could be talking about that scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think they are because no team's gonna and no team's gonna you know carry what they would deem as three you know quality or legitimate. Well, Fringe or starting NHL goaltenders, mm. uh, which you know, I like Unless you're the Islanders, <laughs> yeah, I guess, but uh, yeah, I don't think they make a move without totally you know, just writing off the only Smith, th- which I don't think they're ready to do. And the well, the one thing is that I think if it is Bobrovsky or if it is Howard, I think the, what would happen most likely is that Smith comes back the other way, he's a free agent at the end of the season, yeah, you know, Detroit says whatever, takes it on, and Take, adds an asset or whatever to the to the trade or mm-hmm. same thing for Columbus maybe okay we'll take that but they're not they're not sold on Riddick being their star over Smith at this point right so I, no I, that's the thing but if you add a Bobrovsky or you add a Howard maybe you're right. a little bit more confident yeah I think Bobrovsky but if you if you're Calgary do you look at Howard and think he's for sure better than the options we have in front of us I'm not saying yes or no yeah. I yeah, it's tough right it's tough <laughs> like how much do you such put a into, tough situation yeah exactly how much how much can you overlook uh, Riddick's recent struggles, how much weight do you put into the success he had at the start of the year, and then how much or weight do you put into uh, Howard's renaissance in Detroit, right? I, I think, you know, any, any yeah, smart or reasonable... Yeah, yeah, he's had his points, but uh, yeah, I would say any smart or reasonable hockey person would be very hesitant at entering a playoff run with Mike Smith as your goaltender <laughs> at this point. I think time is just... If you had to pick, if you're Calgary, you had to pick between those four goalies, who you're rolling with in the playoffs. Bobrovsky? Yeah, oh, Bobrovsky for sure. Yeah. And then who? Riddick or Howard? 
Oh, I would love uh, having Riddick uh, and Howard. Howard. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think <laughs> yeah. it's a good trade. I, I see yeah. Detroit goes in and says, "Hey, give yeah, us this pick, I, and we'll take." I agree with you. It's I'm a matter not, of if they want to give Mike Smith. You yeah, know, like let yeah. him go. I don't think they like look at. Committed yeah, I don't think they look at Jimmy He's Howard. He's 36 years old. What I, are they committed? I know. To? I bro, trust I, me. I'm they love. Team. They love Mike Smith. You wouldn't still be getting stars if they didn't think there was more there than what we all see. Well, he's playing well right now. I think they're trying to. See, I think they're. Really, but they were. They were forcing. They were cramming starts down his throat. Before no, for sure. But now that he's playing, you know, half decent, yeah. and it's right before the deadline, I think they're riding him, seeing like, okay, is this, you know, yeah. Are that's you what I mean, though. If you if you if you're the Flames brass, or if you can try to think Either like the Flames brass, yeah, exactly. Do you, do you really? Can they really, uh, you know, think or say to themselves that they think Howard is that much better than Smith? And I don't think they do. I think Howard is. We all think Howard is. I don't think they can make that conclusion. I don't think they think he is. I agree. Yeah. I think they. I think they. They love. They just love the the guys from Upper Southern Ontario. The with him and James Neal. <laughs> um, they just for some reason think that those guys are phenomenal when they're really not. Um, and they're old. Yeah, so Mike Smith mind. has made four straight starts. He's won three. I think he's three zero and one. Uh, 246 goals against average 915. So we're sitting here talking about an average save percentage being like this amazing run for Mike Smith. Uh, he's been solid. He's won three straight, but 915 better now than he used to be. But well, well, this year and until next year, it'll be fine again. Yeah, maybe. But it's all relative, right? Like, <laughs> you like average? I think is you like maybe warrants right a roster spot, like for the time being. Ish. Yeah, yeah. I love having him as my backup. You know what I mean? And he's probably a lot better if he only has to play once, <laughs> once every couple of weeks, but. Yeah, and Riddick was great. He just who knows where that's going. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because what's going to happen is Mike Smith's going to go in a or going to probably shut yeah. out the Ducks tomorrow, and yeah. they're going to keep him. He's going to be their playoff uh, guy. They're going to lose in four. So you uh, want to talk about Nick Jensen? Beat. Probably going to get traded. No fantasy value. Yeah, if Nick Jensen's not going to improve his fantasy value Should at all. But he is going man. to Toronto one hundred percent. I, lock I it hope down. so, dude. He's fantastic. I hope so. He's rock solid, right handed. He's definitely going to Toronto. Nick Jensen? Yeah, oh, he's like the best third line D man ever. Oh, so a third pair, yeah. best third pair defenseman ever. He'll, he'll pair very nicely with Jake Muzzin on the third pair. I just don't know who Babcock would even commit to scratching at that point. It would probably be Dermot, which would just be the worst thing ever. Like I, I don't think he can physically. It's got to be Zaitsev. Take himself to take. Zaitsev I don't think Jensen's that much better than Dermot. No, he's not. He's not. That's what I'm saying. Dermot is no. like 100 percent the least fourth best defenseman. But I, I don't know if and you want Babcock to commit to Dermot can, in the future. Yeah, but Babcock's just so stubborn. I don't know if he can bring himself to scratch. Uh, you know, one of Hainsey or uh, Zaitsev, so we'll see. Like, but if you're talking about, <laughs> they could move Zaitsev back the other way though on any potential trade. Oh my god, the Wings would definitely take Zaitsev. I know, just for fun. I know, just to make us all angry. But I know, but no, Dubis would absolutely love to get that contract off the books for the next few years. And it's not even that bad of a hit, like four million dollars for. They a just need to clear the wave because they've got some pretty yeah. quality deep. Yeah, exactly. Guys. It's just you know, it's not the type of money the Leafs want to commit to a fringe. If you could shed Zaitsev contract, and then Gardner's obviously walking at the end of the year. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's unfortunate. Most Leaf fans are I, probably happy about it. But. <laughs> I also think it's unfortunate, but, you know, most Leaf fans. I just like Jake, but, uh, you know, you can't keep him Muzzin at this point. I'd, I'd rather Muzzin, you know, I think anyone would rather Muzzin. So, He's on your third pair, though. Yeah, <laughs> better are the Jakes. Maybe not a better Jake. Yeah, there's no way they keep Gardner without him taking some significant discount. And there's also, I, I don't think there's any way Gardner gets moved for the deadline as far as expiring contracts go. No, he'll, he'll just kind of Yeah, it was just... I, he'll get his money. Yeah, but I've, I've had a lot of Leaf fans kind of talk to me about that and, you know, whether... Uh, the Leafs would actually be willing to move Gardner at the deadline. And it's just, you know, Dubas knows what the weakness of this team is and he's not going to, uh, you know kind of make that even worse just to, in order to get rid of an expiring contract. I mean, t- don't have another minus five game in the playoffs and people won't hate him as much. <laughs> what are you going to do, man? 
It's all that matters. All right, let's move to two, uh, you know, the Mighty lower Mighty tier Mighty. wingers here. We got Michael Ferland in Colorado. Colorado. Carolina. Uh, not really sure if he's still going to get. But Colorado. Yeah. Not really sure if he is still going to get traded, especially uh, with the recent performance of the Hurricanes. But uh, his name's on the table. Uh, I think he's a guy that kind of doesn't really matter where he goes. Uh, I think his fancy value takes a little bit of a hit if he plays on the third line, if he plays in the top six. Yeah, he's just not playing that much there right now, right? So I guess it could potentially get better. But, yeah, it's hard to imagine a lot of spots where uh, his value would get a sudden uptick. Obviously, he's never getting back to the (laughs) good drill mode. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I think there's a chance they keep him again. It's not to sound like a broken record, but... I think there's going to be too many guys left on the market that the price might not that all, might not be all that enticing for them to move Furland, uh, considering they're trying to make a bit of a playoff run of their own. Speaking of a team that could use a going back a little bit, a Duchesne or a Kevin Hayes, boy, are yeah, the Carolina Hurricanes could. one of them. Look at you know you got Aho. Yeah, well, if Jordan Stahl's in the lineup, it's a totally yeah. different story. But oh yeah, agreed. but Jordan Stahl looks like a great third line center when you got uh, Matthew Shane center in that second line. All of a sudden, you're oh. a really good hockey team. Twelve years, he's still the best third line center in the in it, the NHL. Oh yeah, but he's just kind of enforced into a larger role, playing as a second line center. Yeah, but the Penguins had it figured out like one year in. They're like, yeah, this guy's the third line yeah. center. Boom, doesn't get any better than this. And Carolina just was like, he's yeah. actually our first line center, and Aho, you're on the wing, and then they're like, wait yeah. a second. Well, Pittsburgh's like, yeah, we can't pay this guy seven million dollars a year. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Love you, man. But yeah, that was <laughs> never a good call. Uh, we'll stick with uh, the wing here, Marcus Johansson in New Jersey. Not really a guy who's super fantasy relevant. Has turned it on a little bit recently, but doesn't move the needle one way or the other uh, for any of you guys, I'm assuming. What's scratch no, tonight, though, so he's going somewhere. Definitely see him moving just uh, could see someone, you know, wanting that. He, he's shown to be an impact player. Um, yeah. Can hold his own in a, on a third line. I could definitely see someone making a push for him as he's a UFA, just a little rental player. Oh, yeah, he's like he, the he one could... guy that definitely gets moved. He's the type of player that at the deadline 100% gets traded. <laughs> it's like, ah, whatever. Panarin stays, yeah. Simmons stays, Zuccarello stays, but Johansson goes, Hundy P. Yeah, a bit of a hefty contract. He's there, the deal he that drops it. Like... Sorry, go ahead, Beeps. I would say he's the deal that drops at like 3 p.m. when when everything's just about done and like, like oh, we can't yeah. breaks it and everyone's like oh shit we got something and it's Marcus <laughs> yeah see yeah the, his cap hit could make it a bit difficult to move he's four and a half million uh, but one. you know the expiring contract should make it pretty easy for the Devils to justify retaining him if they get the return they want uh, retaining some salary that is uh, so he's, yeah I think that'll be an interesting one. Right now, for me, he's just like, you know, he's he's relevant if you're talking about streaming options from week to week when the Devils have a friendly schedule. Just right now with his usage, and I, I can't imagine it getting much better than that for him. Uh, he could see, a, you know, a slight downtick in minutes and usage uh, and, you know, potentially still uh, maintain this production where he might still be worth the spot starter too. But other than that, I don't think there's any reason to get excited about Marcus Johansson. Um I think he ends up in Pittsburgh. That's where he's going. That's gonna be like they're gonna be like whatever we know. They always just seem to be these to like under, they under yeah they all make, that fifty percent. They make uh, they make all these under the radar moves all the time. I mean like they're not gonna get Zuccarello. Maybe they'll finally play big set on the wing. Yeah, would be wonderful. Uh, but uh, let's go last guy here, uh, Dougie Hamilton. Again, a guy that's probably not likely to get moved. Uh, I would assume now that Hur- the Hurricanes are playing much better hockey. But uh, his fantasy relevance or value, I guess, would Could improve. Sp- could skyrocket. Yeah, just get this that, guy on a first is, power play. Unit I just somewhere, can't believe please. he's not there. Like he's like I used to love Justin Falk, but yeah. like man, Dougie Hamilton is just well, Hurricanes fans are bad. woke and they're Carolina in the know. Just had... Yeah, Carolina fans are all about it too. They just cannot stand watching Falk on that first power play unit game after game. 
so yeah, I don't know. I, I, Dude, if, they just I don't have get so it. many D prospects that that team, it, it, it's just crazy. They got, they I, got know. I, I don't know. Be, I'd be stunned if a Dougie Hamilton or Brett Pesci doesn't get moved. Like, I just don't, maybe not this year, but somebody's got to go. Somebody's got to move in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, yeah, sure. they definitely need another quality it's top six forward, if not another first line forward. And they have the depth on the blue line to make that happen. Let's trade Brett Pesci and something else and for William bring in our Temi Panner in. Slavin for William Nylander? Yeah, Hayden Fleury, Jake Jake Bean, both who are just NHL ready. They got to get rid of something there. Let's go Pesci and Furlin for Panarin. There it is. Panarin's going Wild. To, to Carolina. Going to light it up here. with Lucas Walmark. <laughs> and Svechnikov. And Tuvo Tuervoinen. Turbo. But uh, do you guys have anything else to talk about? I mean, there's some, you know, we got Jack Roslovich. Obviously, his no, probably not going to get any better it. than on his second line. <laughs> Wenberg, maybe you got to get traded. No. We've done enough speculating. We'll pick it back up next week when we actually have yeah, some shit Cody to talk C. about. Cody to the um, We can start really guessing about what's going to happen to these guys' fantasy value and actually tell you how the usage is going to change and whatnot. So that'll be exciting. Much uh, better than this show, that's for sure. So we, I think we talked about 13 guys. 14. 14. So how many get actually 14? get traded? I say six. <laughs> All right, Dylan says of those six. fourteen. Yeah, I got eight. I'm eight. going. I think we're moving this year. I'm going one, two. I'm going ten. <laughs> ten. Brock's Holy pretty hopeful. Shit! I thought you were Brock's counting and then just gonna go like two. No, I'm going ten. Dylan's going six. Yep. And Beavs is going eight. Eight, baby. All right, you heard it here first. I was gonna, you know, what I was gonna do for this show is we should just did a draft. That's all it should have been. Like, who's going where? See who gets the most. We got right points, but then I would just been the most speculation. Yeah. I don't show think ever. the listeners care about who's the most right as much as we do. So. No, <laughs> but that, but it would have been a fun bet, yeah. nonetheless. But I hope you guys enjoyed uh, season four, episode twenty-four, the speculation show. Tune in next week where we get back on a regular schedule probably not actually regular because we won't record on monday because it's trade deadline day it's insane yeah uh, but probably pick it back up on tuesday where we, we will review all the trades that did or did not happen according to dylan it is did not um <laughs> but either way we'll be back on the airwaves talking about who got moved who got moved for what how it affects their fantasy value of course and then we will definitely be talking all things uh, fantasy hockey to help your team push for the playoffs, make the playoffs, win the championship. So, boom. Hope you guys enjoyed Season 4, Episode 24. See you back here next week. think it's going to be a huge weekend, not a huge trade deadline. <laughs> Peace. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.